So anyway, I want to tell you about a couple of things coming up, uh, a couple of announcements. One thing is this. So a few years ago, um, you know, as a general rule, uh, and not a general rule, it's pretty much what it is. Uh, so we haven't celebrated Halloween ever, Nicole and I have and I got the question this week. Thank you, Mark. Uh, for he, Mark, Mark and Amy was like, so what do we do with Halloween? You know, they're like, we want to do this right. And I was like, well, we don't celebrate. And this is one thing I told, this is one thing I told him. If this thing's cutting out, you got to let me know. I think I hear it. I heard it. Huh? A little bit. All right. So just let me know if it gets bad. But uh, anyway, on Halloween, one of the things that uh, uh, the Lord showed me years ago is this. When you have people who have basically declared themselves as the enemies of God, right, and they celebrate something, it's probably not something I want to participate in. And the Lord says that we, we want to be mindful of that. And what I find in, in uh, you know, the American church today is that many times uh, Christians are looking, looking for reasons, wrongly, Christians are looking for reasons to do something that they might be questionable. Why, if it's questionable, why would we put ourselves in that place in the first place? You know, why, why would we do that? In other words, we, we can have fun, we can have these different things, but I really appreciate their question because they're like, you know, if we're, if we're going after Christ and he's the Lord of our life, we don't want to mess around with it. And that's smart. That is wisdom right there. And the word tells us this, that ministers and priests are supposed to do this to teach people the difference between the holy and the profane. The holy and the profane. The holy being holy like God, profane means common. In other words, teach people the difference between what's common in the world and what's holy. In other words, many times, uh, one, one time, and you may, you, know, you may have seen this done differently, but at one point in our old building, uh, I think it was, was it the Super Bowl that we watched? Yep. Yeah, we watched the Super Bowl, and what we did is we had the Super Bowl up on the screens, and this was in our sanctuary, and we had a good time. It was great family time, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we ran into a situation a couple of months later, and I said, like a problem. And, uh, you know, situation, that was PC for problem. And uh, anyway, we ran into this little situation, and I was like, Lord, why did we face that? He said, because you brought the common into the place that's designated to be holy. Yep. And I went, uh. I went, never again. We repented right there. I mean, we just stopped right there. We repented. I said, no, we will never do that again. And I, I want to have family time. Like, we want to go over into the fellowship hall and do that? Awesome. That's fine. In here? No. Because although the church is this body, right, we are the temple now, this is a place that we dedicate to the Lord, and we need to understand the difference and the mixing between the common and the profane, and priests have a responsibility in Scripture to teach that difference. And so, you know, one of these things, and, and we'll see, I, I pray that we don't lose anybody here, but uh, I'm not afraid of it, is, thank you, give me that. Um, I'm not afraid of losing people if your theology is wrong. Um, love you. I'm not afraid of it. It's, uh, I've learned that it's actually good, right? Is, I mean, you just, you just right now, go post something about Christians and yoga on Facebook and see what kind of response you'll get. I mean, you will get just a tirade of, well, I can go and I'm not worshiping the devils and all that. Look, why would you want to get close utilizing something that was designed to worship demons? And it was. The influence on it was designed to open yourself up to receive and worship demonic things, not God. Not God. And so one of the things, man... Am I preaching or am I still doing the announcements? I'm not sure. I'm trying to, like, Lord, what are we doing here? But, um, but here's the thing. Many times this is my point. You find Christians, you find Christians who are making excuses for things that are common. And we're supposed to know the difference. Not just priests, not just apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You Christians are supposed to walk like God. 
as he is. We're supposed to walk like God. Amen. (laughs) We're supposed to walk like God. That means we're supposed to walk holy. He said this, be holy as I am holy. Holy means separated, pulled apart. Separated, pulled apart separated, pulled apart. In other words, it's not like the world. Why would I, when I'm trying and and I'm commanded to walk holy, find reasons and fleshly excuses to step into the common? What, do I want common results in my life or do I want holy results in my life? I want holy results, right? And so, you know, it's one of those things where we've got to understand the difference, uh, you know, you've, you've seen me do this before. People have come in, and sometimes nobody, I'm looking around real quick, make sure nobody's doing it. And uh, sometimes people come in, they still got the world on them. They don't know, and, and they'll, you know, wear a hat in the sanctuary. Well, I'm going to let them sit there in the sanctuary for a little bit of time, but there'll come a time where they start to recognize there's a difference. You need holy help in your life, then it's time for you to let go of the common. It's time for you to let go of the common. Many people are not overcoming. Okay, we're, all right, we're preaching now. So many people, they're not overcoming the common because they won't let go of the common. They're, they are actually grabbing a hold of the common worldly things and then they're mad at God when there's not a holy supernatural solution. You see? And so what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we're on the right side of things. You are a holy people, a royal priesthood, right? You are a holy people, a royal priesthood. we got to know who we are. we got to know what we're carrying, what we're called to, in the image and likeness that we're called to. Amen? we got to know who we are, made in the image and likeness of God. That's who you are. You're not what the world has told you. You're not what the world has told you. You're different. You're separated. You're called apart. You're holy. And go, to, go to Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. I see if I can get there with one hand before you get there with two. I'm not doing too good. First Peter, let me tell you, let me tell you who you are. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word. Like newborn babies. This is, this is God, by the Holy Spirit, commanding us, commanding us as newborn babies. Well, and how many parents I got in here remember what it was like to be new parents, parents of newborns, right? What happened when they got hungry? Oh, they let you know. Oh, they let you know. You know, I was talking to somebody not too long ago. I said, hey, did you... Uh, did you follow that direction of the doctor to wake them up every two to three hours to feed them? You know, we did that the first time. Not the second time or the third time. Uh-uh. That baby, I, trust me, that baby will wake you up when he's hungry, when she's hungry. Makes no difference. She'll wake you up. I'm not forming a bad habit of no sleep in my child, and I'm not forming a bad habit in myself either. But a newborn baby will let you know. And they will hunger. How, how will they let you know? When they're hungry, what are they doing? Wah! 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 As soon as you put in that bottle, they're like, mm. you know. And all of a sudden, they're, they're right there. What are they doing? They're throwing a fit. They're throwing a fit. When's the last time you threw a fit to get in the Word? <laughs> When's the last time? <laughs> Barrett said, everybody have a good day. Great message. All right. When's the last time you threw a fit to get in the Word? Guess who I'm preaching to? Me. <laughs> When's the last time we threw a fit to get in the Word? And this is the hunger we're supposed to have. Hunger like a newborn baby. 
See, when we start hungering for the things of God, when we start thirsting for that instead of thirsting for the things of the world, the common things of the world, we'll start walking in the supernatural. We'll start walking. Glory to God. I asked the Lord a while ago, I said, Lord, release your anointing this morning. I had, you know, I have the same message I've been trying to preach for two months now. And then here we go. We're releasing the anointing. The anointing's flowing right now. You can feel it. You can sense it. This is going to change your life if you'll grab a hold of it. It's time for us to come out. It's time for us to be separated. It's time, it's time for us to come apart. That doesn't mean that, you know, you don't ever go eat with a sinner. It doesn't mean, you know, people accuse Jesus of, of eating with sinners. He, they accused, accused him of eating and drinking, right? They accused him of having dinner with sinners. It doesn't mean that you're not in the world. It means you're in the world but not of the world. And when you start walking like God called into His holiness and not into the common, the supernatural things will start to work in your life. Amen. How many people want supernatural? You want something that's real and of God. Then that means we got to walk like that. we got to walk like that. Over in Hebrews chapter 1, around verse 8 and 9, it says this. It says that He hated lawlessness he hated sin and he loved righteousness he loved righteousness hated sin and the next thing it says he was anointed he was anointed he loved the righteousness of God he loved the holy things of God hated sin and then it says he was anointed he was anointed glory to God glory to God so continue reading here he says, as, as newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. I mean, this is going to be funny and it's going to sound funny. But I want everybody in here, I want you to cry like a newborn baby cries. Something's going to break when... Man, who did? All right, you ready? I mean, I want. All right, it's time. Imagine your kids sitting in here taking a really good nap, and it's time to get them back. Right? How hungry? <laughs> y'all, y'all can relate. Uh, Chelsea's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. What's the matter? You had that recently. They woke you all up out of. That's the joy of the Lord. Amen. I'm gonna get you back, kid. Here, Rachel, you remember this? You remember that? She doesn't remember. I do. I do. But let's just cry out for the word just for a second. I know it'll be funny, but I mean just just because I want you to see something. See, what's going to happen is right now as we do this, your flesh is going to be like, oh, I don't want to do that. See, that's what's holding you back from the things of God. Because we're trying to reason it all out instead of just becoming like that kid. We're not hungry like that because we're, trying, we're not trying to become the kid. We're trying to be the adult. And that's the problem. It's, it's choking the flow of the supernatural in our lives. We've got to be like that kid. We've got to come into childlike faith. He says, childlike faith, you'll enter into the kingdom, the domain of the king, the rule. You want Jesus to rule in your life and bring about supernatural dominion in your life? You only enter that by becoming like a child, not by becoming like a reasonable adult. You become like a child. A child will receive the king's domain, the kingdom of God. A child will receive that. So right now, let's just, let's just let the kids have it, just like they're sitting next to you having a peaceful nap in the middle of the night. Glory to God. Father, we cry out for your stuff. Wow! Man, that's awesome. You know what that also... <laughs> Amen. That's it. See? Y'all sound... <laughs> that was the best moment I think I've ever had in Boomerang right there. That's awesome. You know what that also sounded like? Sheep. And we are. It's who we are. We need a shepherd. Glory to God. Man, hallelujah. That was fun. See, you're all smiling now. Look at that. One little, one little yell, and now everybody is smiling again. Glory to God. Do it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Cry out. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
church is, should not be stuffy, and it should not be just all legal. Sometimes legal in God's order, in God's, is a disorder to the, man, to the mind of man. But in the mind of Christ, it breaks something loose. Uh, one person can get up. I remember uh, not too long ago I was talking to somebody, and uh, they were a singer. I remember I was in a coliseum, and this person was up on stage. I told him the other day, Mr. Wayne. And uh, I, said, uh, I said, all of a sudden, I said, you were in this, and the spirit was flowing, and uh, he was singing, and he let go of a note. It was not planned. It wasn't, it wasn't on the bulletin, right? He let go of a note in the middle of a song, and that note reverberated through that whole coliseum. Man, have you ever been sitting in there when a worship or a word that's being preached, and all of a sudden you feel that stuff, like stuff just broke off of you? That's what happened. I remember that note. That was like 10 years ago. Man, he let go of that note, and there was an anointing just like it was on David. There was something supernatural, and stuff just fell off of me. See, we've got to get to the place where we stop trying to fit it in our brain and we let the anointing be what the anointing is to break the yokes off of people sometimes it means that you cry like a baby for the word cry like a baby for the word we we long for that sincere milk of the word and then what happens when we do that he says this like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. In other words, when you long, listen, listen clearly. When you long for the milk of the word, you will taste the goodness of God. And you will grow because of it. Because when you long, but see, that's just it. We haven't been longing for it. We've been longing for the common instead of, instead of longing for the holy. We've been longing for the profane instead of longing for the holy. All right, now, let's see here. He says this, verse 4, And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. Glory to God. Do you remember that message, Kathy, about the living stones over in the pavilion building? Glory. We're going to preach that again sometime soon because the Lord's told me to. You remember that message? You remember the power in it? Amen. Hallelujah. That was in year two of Boomerang. Amen. So then, he says, And coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by men. In other words, Jesus came, and he was a stone, but not just a dead stone. He was a living stone, a foundation stone, something to set our lives on and have a foundation and not be shaken. You know, stuff can come. Cars can break. Stuff can go wrong. All of a sudden, hands can start hurting again. But I'm not shaken because I've tasted of the goodness of God. I've cried out for the Word, and I'm not shaken to the left or the right. The stuff of the earth, the stuff of the corruption has broken off of me because the anointing's flown here because I'm not reaching for worldly and common. I'm reaching for the things of God, the things above, not the things beneath. Man, I get a mic. I feel like preaching. I get it. He says, but Jesus was that stone, the foundation. Listen to this. Choice and precious in the sight of God. Hear this. Watch this. Jesus was choice. He was chosen and precious in the sight of God. Precious in his eyes. You also. You also. God has chosen you. He chose you. You're not just another brick in the wall. God has chosen you. You are choice in the eyes of God. You are precious in His sight. He has chosen you. He's chosen you. You're choice. You're precious. He looked through all the earth and all the ages, all the time, 
from 6,000 years ago beginning in the garden through all of mankind, every generation. He's looked through it all. He saw you. He smiled and said, I choose you. I choose you. Your choice to me. He says, you're precious. Just like Jesus was chosen and precious, you are choice, chosen, and precious to me. Do you know who you are? See, we're not, we're not called to common things. He says, you also as living stones, not dead stones, but you're a foundation for the people around you as well. There's, God wants to place you in his house, and then he wants to bring people around you and build them up on the on the foundation that you have he wants to raise you up turn you into the fullness of the stature stature of Christ he wants to take you to that place and then he wants to take your friends to that place then he wants to take their friends to that place all of us growing into this beautiful house of God that doesn't even need mortar it doesn't even need it they're so uh, choice and precious and chosen and he's such a master craftsman he just fits us all together perfectly. And there's not even gaps of air that you can see through. It's just beautiful because God has put us together so perfectly. But notice if that's going to happen, we've got to be near each other. I can't do it at home. I've got, we've got to be iron sharpens iron. We've got to come together, as we talked about that on Wednesday, as the day comes closer to the drawing of the end of this age. And come together even all the more. All right, Barrett, I'm walking this way. You can get back to your seat. Amen. I'm just messing. Hey. <laughs> you also, as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. See, you're not a common house. You're not an earthly house. You are a spiritual house. You're a spiritual house. He's building you up into a spiritual house. He's building y'all's home into a spiritual house. It's not the same as it used to be. He's blessing it. He's covering it. He's pouring out His anointing in your home. He's pouring it out in your marriage. He's pouring it out in your children. Your children are anointing. They're carrying something. They wouldn't have carried before because you said, Yes, Lord, have your way in our lives. You're affecting the people around you, and it's just starting. Glory to God. That's for anybody. You just choose. Y'all step up here. Hey, hey, Sotorokomosabe. Banamololoma. Yeah, glory to God. Father, anoint them. Hold your hands together. Lift the other one to heaven. Lord, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy in the name of Jesus. Father, anoint this home. Anoint this house. Not only that, but these temples right here. Anoint these temples right here. The temples of God right here. These bodies, Lord. These ones that are new. They're living stones called to your purpose and called to your house. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Change them forever. Let their makeup be changed in Jesus' name. Let their makeup makeup be changed in Jesus' name. Let their makeup be changed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. The devil can try all he wants to. The devil can try all he wants to. The devil can try all he wants to. But they won't be affected. They won't be affected. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Glory. The joy of the Lord is their strength. With joy they draw from the wells of salvation. Let it be. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. <laughs> you also, as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. You see what God's doing? He's building you up into a holy priesthood. Did you know that you were a holy priest of God? You might have laughed at that in years past. But today you are, you're being built up into a holy priesthood. You know what a holy priesthood sounds like? Uh, uh, uh. 
Why does it sound like that? It's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord that sets people free. It's His joy when the attacks come, but you put on the joy. It's like anti-devil. Joy is like anti-devil spray. Now, Levi, if you try to hold it back, I'm just telling you. I can see you working on it. It's okay. (laughs) But joy is like anti-devil spray. And it makes them mad. You got to think, the devil's issue, the biggest thing is pride. And when you start, I mean, how do you like to be laughed at? (laughs) You know, most of us don't like to be laughed at. You know what part of us doesn't like to be laughed at? The devil part. The corrupted part. Like, it's really cool when you get the breakthrough, you can start laughing at yourself, right? Like this morning, when I, when I spilt the coffee down my jacket, I'm getting in the car at zero dark 30, I'm heading here, I got to do some stuff. I, I put my book bag in, and I look down in this jacket, thank you for my wife who helped me get it cleaned up, but I look down, and literally coffee is all down this side. And down this side and down this arm. And I got to go get on a plane in just a few hours. And this is supposed to be what I'm wearing today. And everything else is packed up in the suitcase. And I just sat there and went, (laughs) this is crazy. It's like, and look, you can't even tell it. She did so good. Amen. Thank you. And it was dry. <laughs> like, how'd that happen? By the time, because I mean, I, we had to get it. I immediately took it inside, grabbed the little, what, what do you call this, the sprayer in the sink? And I held, held the, uh, the whole jacket up above the sink, and I'm like, mm, it's, it's soaked. I mean, it's soaked. But I'm just laughing. See, when we learn to put on joy against the attacks, it's like an anti-devil spray, an anti-common, an anti-attack spray, because it says that with joy you draw up from the wells of salvation. In other words, protection is in salvation. Prosperity is in salvation. Deliverance is in salvation. Restoration is in salvation. Healing is in salvation. Right? All of the these are in that big package of salvation and if I draw out of the well of salvation with joy I can grab whatever I need to help me be saved from whatever it is I need saving from and joy is the bucket that'll grab a hold of it it's an anti-devil spray glory to God can you imagine the the tweet on that anti-devil spray what does preacher talk about this the message anti-devil spray the joy of the Lord amen that'd be a great title Amen. We're going to be like, everybody's going to be like, Brian has lost his mind. And they'd be right. That was an awfully strong amen over there. You are being built up as living stones, being built up into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. You are a holy priesthood. Every person, every believer that's hearing this and reading this in, in 1 Peter 2, you are a royal priesthood. You're a holy priesthood. He says, to, you are, you're a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, this is what we need to uh, focus on in worship. Every time you worship, you're lifting up sacrifices to God. It's a sacrifice of praise, right? It's a sacrifice. It's, it's a worship to God is lifting up acceptable sacrifices, right? Years ago, uh, the Lord was talking to me about fellowship, and he said, Spirit-led prayer, Spirit-led word, Spirit-led worship. This is one of the verses he led me to. He said, when you worship, you he, he just told me a bunch of verses. I didn't even know what the verses said. This is years and years ago. And I go to it, and he says, look, when you lift up worship, you're lifting up offerings to God. You're lifting up. And it's same in uh, over in John chapter 4, I think, uh, or, yeah, I believe it's John chapter 4, when it talks about that we worship in spirit and we worship in truth. In other words, we let worship flow from our spirit and we, we lift up and we give sacrifices to God. We're ministering to the Lord. 
in that moment. See, as a spiritual house of God, as a holy priesthood, constantly every day of our life, every minute of our life is designed to bring about sacrifices to God. Every thought you think, every action you take, everything you do or think, it is either a sacrifice and an offering or not. And when you start to go after the supernatural things of God and you want supernaturally heavenly solutions in your life, then you need to be about supernatural things. You can't be after the common. You can't be making excuses for common things. You can't be making excuses for things that were designed to offer up to the demonic. You're not called to that. It's not who you are. You're greater than that. You're a holy priesthood. Glory to God. Go on down. Well, we'll just keep reading. He said, for this is contained in Scripture. Verse 6. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him, in Jesus, will not be disappointed. He won't be disappointed. See, a lot of times we've been disappointed because what we've been doing is thinking we believed in him, but what actually was happening is we were trying him. We were trying to put on Jesus. But see, if we actually believe in him, we know that as long as we don't stop, we don't lose. You don't quit, you don't lose. You don't quit, you don't lose. That's the way it works in the kingdom. When you're his child, God's already done everything. He's always leading you to triumph. You just hear from God, start, don't quit, you can't lose. Hope will not disappoint. So many times, and, and look, who, who in here has tried and missed it? Everybody, right? Okay, well, does that mean you stop trying? Oh, all of a sudden it's wrong because you missed it one time and now you're mad because God told you you, you did it wrong? I was just thinking about, you know, what about when he gets up there and here they were raised on a lake. They were all fishermen. They were professionals on that water. And they are scared to death of this death storm that's overtaking them. And Jesus comes up on the deck and goes, oh, ye of little faith. Jesus, did you see the size of that storm? I mean, you know, that's what they were thinking. But they had to decide. Am I going to go on? Is it all of a sudden wrong because I got corrected and Jesus now everything he says is wrong? Or am I going to humble myself to the person who has the words of life? You know, here he says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed these things to you. But the Holy Spirit has revealed this to you. The Father's revealed this to you. And two verses later he says, get behind me, Satan. And he has to decide, am I going to listen to the holy or am I going to listen to the common thought of how dare you tell me that I missed it? See, we're not called to be weaklings. We're called to be a spiritual house set on a foundation. We're not stirred by emotion. We're not moved by emotion. We are led by faith. We are led by the Spirit of God. The children of God are led by the Spirit of God. In Romans 8, verse 14, we're led by the Spirit. We're not led by sight. We're not led by feelings. We're not led by emotions. When you get led by emotions, you get led by feelings, all of a sudden you're always on track to mess up and fail. But see, in God, you can have the confidence that if I hear from the Lord and I be obedient to Him and I don't quit, I will not fail. Hope will not disappoint. But I'll walk out and I will have the victory. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. Thanks be unto God who always leads me to triumph, who always causes me to triumph. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph always all we have to do is just go after him see when I know this and I go after him then all of a sudden things look different I can laugh at the devil get into joy draw up my salvation and the devil can't do a thing about it not a thing 
But if we focus on the common, if we focus on the profane, then he'll get in our sandbox and steal our lunch money and everything else. But when we say, like Jesus, we're, we're supposed to be becoming like him. We are living stones. I'm living like him. I'm putting Jesus on. I'm seeing what God said about me, not what, not what the world said about me. The world would say, you're an idiot. The world would say, well, you're stupid to go after God. Any intellectual can do that. You know what is happening right now in science? The, more, the deeper they go into science, the more they're finding that everybody thought they were smart, they were fools. That's what the word says. And thinking themselves to become wise, they became fools. Because what's happening right now, they're moving into the things, into the depths of DNA and into the depths. They're looking deeper into atoms, deeper than they've ever been able to. And when you know what they're finding? The handwriting of God at the very core of it all. And science now has proven God more than ever before. And if you don't know it and you start to go in it, there's person after person is going into science trying to disprove God. And they get there and go, oh, I done messed up and now they got a lie to back up there so that they won't be seen as not knowing what they were talking about which is the ultimate pride you got to understand that the world would look at you and say that you're foolish but you can say by my childlike faith I'm made wise I am not what the world says that I am I am a chosen race a royal priesthood. I am a living stone set on the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. I am being made into a spiritual house, something that can be strong and withstand the storms. I can laugh at the attack and know that I have not lost. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, I haven't lost. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's who you are. You know how I know? Because God wrote it right here about you. He's talking about you. Tell your neighbor, give him a high five and say, he's talking about me. Glory to God. It says verse 6, He who believes in him, in Jesus, will not be disappointed. Over in Romans chapter 5, it also says, Hope will not disappoint. It's two different testimonies. Let it be established by two or three witnesses. Hope, proper Bible hope, will not disappoint. It won't disappoint. Worldly hope will disappoint. But Bible hope will not disappoint. Seven, the, this precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. In other words, not only did he become a foundation for those who believe, but the ones who would not believe but very pridefully stand against him, they will trip over the same rock. In other words, in all their pride, in all their thinking that they're smart, God set it up so that the ones who believe would actually be lifted high and the ones who thought they were high would drop low. This is it's the wisdom of God. Well, why would God do that? God's not doing that. He set something in place. They didn't dodge it or believe on it or stand higher because of him. He set what was right in the right place. The person decided what they were going to do with that right thing. It's just like the holy and the profane. Those things are set right in place. We have to decide what we're going to do with it. Ooh, gracious Lord. Amen. He said, for they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. That's why they stumble. Not because God wants them to stumble. The word's set before them and they're not listening to it. The things to do are set before them and they're not submitting themselves to it. He says God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And another, another uh, passage, another book says he gives grace and greater grace to those that are humble. 
And you know what's interesting is about both those places where, where it talks about humbling ourselves and submitting ourselves to the ways of God, those are both the very same passages that say, resist the devil and he'll flee. In other words, there's a whole lot of resisting of the devil that's not happening if we don't take ourselves and submit ourselves to the things of God. We've got to do it God's way. Well, you don't get out of it by going around, well, I'm going to do it my way because I think this is right. Well, you might even read a verse out of context and think that you're right, but the fullness of the counsel of the Word only lays out one path. That path is Jesus, and He shows it, and you need to submit yourself to it. And when you do, God will take you and lift you you up but if you don't you'll stumble over it and it's not God's fault he's put the right thing in the right place what we do with it is us and if we'll do the right thing we will stand higher we will stand higher and higher than we ever have before it's there for us for for us to take that step up to level up but if we don't do the right thing if we want to play around with it and we want to play, play around with the common things we won't be lifted up we'll trip over it and stumble because and that's on us god said look i you can either fall down or you can be lifted up your choice holy profane holy common what do you want God says, I'll, I'll help you. I'll even give you a hand moving you into that place. But the first thing you've got to deal with is your heart. Do I want to be like God or do I want to be like the world around me? Which, which do we want? He said, for they stumble because they're disobedient to the world, to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. In other words, God knew the choice that they were going to make, and he let them make it. Verse 9, but you. Say it with me. Say, but me. But me. But me. That's not my fate. Because I'm not making those choices. I'm making choices according to the Word. Like what you did this week. Amen? Glory to God. I'm making choices according to the Word. But you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people for God's own possession. A people that he looks at and says, they're mine. Oh, they're mine. They're my people. <laughs> they're my people. I want them. I want them. They're chosen. Oh, she's choice to me. That's what God is saying. He's choice to me. He's chosen. You're chosen. You're chosen. You're chosen. You're choice to God. It's who you are. Your choice. Royalty. Priestly. Well, if you know what I thought last night, you wouldn't say I was priestly. Well, stop thinking that. Be who you are. Not who the world says you are. Be who you are, not, not who the flesh is trying to drag you to. Now, I, I'm reading you what God said you are. You may have felt different all the rest of your life, but I'm telling you right now, let me crack the door on the dark room that you've been in and let the light of God flood in so you can see who you are. It's time for us to stop being who the world and who corruption created us to be in that way, under the corruption how it formed us and, and, and conformed us and pressured us in that. It's time for us to stop falling under the pressure and the conformity of a corrupted world and start allowing the truth of God to enter our hearts and our minds and transform us by renewing our minds to who we really are. This message today is not designed to talk to you about how bad you've been. It's designed to say even if you've been lifted up before and you've seen truth and seen light it's time for us to say hey let me crack the door wide open so you can get all the glory let the light of God keep rising in your life like it's going from the dawn till the noonday sun let us walk in the light to its fullness what happens if all of us start walking in the glory of God like Moses walked where the glory of the Lord is so strong on us that his light shone and people don't even know what to do with it but they start to say oh my goodness God is real.
See, that's what we're called to. To walk in a level of the glory of God to the point where it overflows out of our lives and into the bank teller's life. Out of our lives and into our co-workers' lives. Out of our lives and into our children's lives. It's designed to be on us so strong that it overflows out into the street. You are a chosen race. You. Close your eyes right now. It's you I'm talking to. You. 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 You're a chosen race. Even your race is different. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You have the DNA of God himself. You have his spiritual DNA. You were made a new creation. You are a chosen race. Chosen, your choice. You're precious to him. A royal priesthood. You are a royal. You're a royalty. You're royalty. It's who you are. You are holy. You're a holy nation. I'm looking at a holy nation today, sitting in the sanctuary. I'm looking at a nation of people. See, you don't even know it yet, but you just represent the beginnings of a nation of people. You represent the people that you're going to win to Christ, that you're going to win to the Lord by passing out flyers and being at Boomfest. You, rec- you represent a nation of people that have Christ's call on their heart. They just don't know it yet. The people that you will win to the Lord. You represent a nation of people. And I'm not just looking at the few that's in this room. I see with eyes of faith right now a nation of believers rising up in the glory of God. And you are just the beginning. You are the first planting of that nation in this place, in this area, in this city, in this county. I see a nation of God's holy people. And they're coming through you. It's who you are. You're the first planting. You're the first planting. A people for God's own possession. You're a people for God's own possession. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. His marvelous light. His marvelous light. He's called you into his marvelous light. His marvelous light. A holy nation. A holy nation. Now hear this. Verse 10, for you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You didn't have a chance at one time. You were in darkness. You once were not a people, so disjointed, not connected. All over, the, all over this nation, all over this state. You had no common, common connection. You had no people to call your own without Jesus. But now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you received mercy. Just say it with me. Just say, I've received mercy. He says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers, abstain from the fleshly lust which wage war against your soul. Now, he's not just talking about spiritual lust here. He's talking about the common of the world, the things that would pull you out of the holiness of God, the things that would keep you on a common level and not a supernatural level. Beloved, I urge you as aliens, you're in this world but not of this world, and strangers, abstain from the fleshly lust which wage war against the soul. 
You see, these common things, they wage war against your soul. They wage war against you. Why would I, why would I put myself in the place that is warring against me? Why would I put myself in the place where I have to fight a battle if all I had to do was just say, I'm not going there? He says, I urge you, I beg you, I, I, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm entreating you. Abstain from fleshly lust of commonality in this corrupted world. It wages war against you. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. In other words, when you go out here in the world... Don't, don't give people a reason to say, man, I don't know what they're teaching over there. Don't, don't give them a reason to question the holiness of God. He says, you should, you should go out into the world where, where people don't go to church or they don't know Jesus. And they should have a testimony that there's something different about you. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Be the witness that God called you to be. See, when you bring up something like yoga or you bring up something like Halloween, they ought to be able to look at you and say, well, I don't know what everybody else is talking about, but I can tell you this, God blesses those people right there. And we're not looking for reasons to go into the common. We're looking for reasons to go into the holy. I'm not, I'm not going to do something. You know, demonic things invented some of the poses in, the, in yoga. It was designed to worship demons, false gods. There is no God but God. It was designed to open somebody up spiritually. See, most people don't even know. Well, well, they play Christian music. That doesn't change it. Most of the stuff they're playing on the radio anyway, they can call it Christian. It ain't. It ain't about that word. There's so much stuff being touted as Christian, and it doesn't have that Bible in it. It sounds good. It makes me feel good. What it's, what it's going after is the emotion. But you got things that have an influence on that that's designed to open you up spiritually. That's a real world we deal with. And take you from the high places of God down to the common. Why make excuse for it? Just say, I'm not going to take part in it. I'm not going to take part in it. Why would, I, why would I put myself in a place where I have to fight a battle? Why would I not just use that same energy and go and win somebody into the, into the kingdom for eternity? Take the same energy that I would fuss and fight over there. And see, then all of a sudden the world's like, well, I don't necessarily agree with them, but there's something different about them. And then when the Lord comes by their house and says, hey, will you come and follow me? They'll look to you as an example because they've been watching your behavior. And they say, they got the glory on them. And if this works for them, I think it can work on me. Jesus, I accept you. In their day of visitation, they'll have an example that will lead you to that place. This is what God's after, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him, that we may proclaim his goodness because as we walk in the holy, the anointing of God starts to release the glory of God in our lives. We start to pray. We get healed. We start to, we start to seek God and finances go up. We, we driving down the road and because we put ourselves in godly places, we escape tragedy. Tires get lifted up over the vehicles supernaturally. Things, relationships that you have thought were gone forever, all of a sudden, in an instance, they're healed because of the restoration of God. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with those people that go to that church over there, but I can tell you this. They believe in what they're doing, and apparently God is with them because things just work. And even when they get attacked, they just laugh. Like, that's crazy to me, but it doesn't bother them because eventually they're going to get to a place where things are bothering them, and they're going to say, what do you know? And the day of visitation has come to them. We've got to walk in the holy and not the profane. So one of the questions that Mark asked me the other day is he asked me this. He said, he said okay, we're not, you know, y'all aren't partaking in Halloween. I don't even know that I preached a message about that. I'm still not really teaching on it, but... But he said, 
All right, we're not doing Halloween. How come we're doing trunk or treat? Great question. Because in the middle of a darkness, God told us as we prayed, go be the light. Go be the light. Go shine the light in the middle of that dark thing. I told Mark, I said, it'd be, here, here's the thing. And we got invited by the city to come and help serve. So in the middle of all this death and darkness and this focus and worshiping of death and everything else and worshiping of horror and all this stuff, we're going to go shine the light of Jesus in the middle of it. We're going to go be the light in a dark world. That same light, the year we started was the same light that when y'all came walking by, that now brought you to the place where your whole house is changing. It's that light. Is that right? Everything's changing, and, and things are changing in and around them and their home and, you know, calls of God on their lives that they didn't even know six years ago. Didn't even know. And now God's shining his glory through them. Maybe it was shining through us as a church on that corner that one day. But now it's not just shining through us. It's still shining through us. But now there's been another torchbearer that's been added. A couple of them. Four of them. To be added. That will shine the light and hold the light up in a dark world. It's the glory of God because we're going to shine that light. We're not necessarily participating. We're actually kind of rebelling against it we're saying look in all this darkness we're going to shine it's the same thing that's going to happen at Boomfest in a few weeks everybody just raise your hand right now everybody all right all of you with your hands raised need to be here that day amen you glory to God everyone that had amen I'm calling you to be here. I thank you for saying I'll be there. It's awesome. See, these are preacher tricks. You learn these as you go along, right? You know what's going to happen? Look, souls. In the middle, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, listen, I said, they said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm finishing up a flyer. I'm finishing up a flyer for an event we're doing. They said, oh, yeah, what kind of event? It was somebody out of town. What kind of event? I said, well, it's Boomfest. He said, what's Boomfest? I said, well, let me tell you about it. I said, let, let me put it to you in, in math and accounting terms. We're going to spend about eight, $9,000 and serve our community, and there's going to probably be 1,500 to 2,000 people that will accept Jesus. You realize that's somewhere around $5 per soul that comes into the kingdom. Well, that's a good, that's good, that's being a good steward. That's a good steward. Because I know churches that have a $100,000 budget per year, 100 people in them, and they average less than two souls per year. That's, that's almost $50,000, more than $50,000 per soul that comes into the kingdom. And I can do it for about the cup of the coffee. We can do that together for about the price of a cup of coffee. And for eternity, they can do that. That's a pretty good investment. Mark 10 says this, if you, if you give... For my sake or for the gospel's sake, it will be given to you a hundredfold now in this time and in the time to come. That's Mark chapter 10. Go look it up. You know, the tithe, we were talking about this at the Holy Spirit service. The tithe rebukes the devourer. It opens up the doors and the windows of heaven. It opens up vision for us to see and the door for us, a door of opportunity to step through. But the offering, everything over and above the tithe. The word says in 2 Corinthians 9 that he multiplies the seed sown. What kind of multiplication is it on one that's winning souls like that? That's good ground. There's different ground. He said some 30, some 60, some 100. Different types of ground, different types of soil. When you sow into something like Boomfest and a ministry that's doing things like that, do you realize that right now we're sitting at over 1,800 Commitments to Christ in 2019 in this church. Over 1,800 before Boomfest. You're in a soul-winning ministry. 
You're a part of a ministry that's doing something great and mighty. What are we doing, really? We're dropping the common goals and the common dreams of the world and stepping into a holy calling as a holy priesthood, as a holy nation doing something. Play, you got that video ready? Well, let her rip. I saw the mouse. Oh, hello. Awesome. Glory to God. All right, now, show those other, uh, the other pictures. Show the picture of the big crowd, those four pictures. We'll give them, just put them up as soon as you got it ready. I want you to see, this, this year, we're going to have even more jumpies. We have a bounce house city. We've got, we've got a bunch of them. Look at this. This is last year. There was over 1,600 people in the parking lot. That slides like a 24-foot slide, the obstacle course. What are we doing? We're just giving to our community. We're serving them. We're loving on them. We're just giving to our... What's the price for them to be here? Nothing. It's free. And so here it is. Go to the next one. That was the field out there, almost to the back with cars. Keep going. The amazing blazing fire truck. And then this. The people with their hands raised saying, Lord, be my Savior. Be my Savior. Then we're going to invite them back here. Here's what we're going to do for them. We're going to pay bills off for them. We're going to have giveaways. Uh, we're going to give away, I think, what's on the list? There's Xbox, PlayStation, the Apple AirPods, even to the kids and stuff like that. What are we doing? We're just serving them. We're loving on them. But we're going to invite them back Sunday. And throughout the week, we're going to give stuff away to them every single night. The power of God. We're going to have a revival Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. By the end of Wednesday night, uh, what you're going to see is you're going to see people that have not been going to church that are saying, you know what? This was not a bad experience. And I may have just found a family that I can connect to. I know that they love me because they've treated me like that. But what's it going to take to do that? You and I got to say, hey, we, we're going to do whatever is necessary. They got sign-ups out there, out there today. This is, you know, well, how does this relate to the message? Because this is going after the holy things of God. Because we can be concerned with all other things that are very common or we can be concerned about the things that God tells us is wise to win souls. He says, he who wins souls is wise. That's the wisdom of heaven. We're going after it. We're going after it. Most ministries in America don't. But we're not going to be that ministry. No, matter of fact, we'll light the torch of it in an area. And we'll be carriers of it. We'll be standard bearers of it. We'll hold up and say, hey, you can be doing this too. We'll teach you how. We've, we've broken some ground here. We've learned some things that other ministries don't know on how to draw in crowds that have not been going to church. That's something I prayed about for 20 years. Then all of a sudden the Lord brings me to the places and the people exactly that helped me to see how to do that. And then we just employed it. We went with God's plan. And last year it was over 2,500 people were born again. Glory to God. Our goal last year was 1,000 people to come to the Lord. We had over 2,500. Amen. God's doing great and mighty things. He's doing great and mighty things. Because you, how can he do it? Because you make choices. Because you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A people for God's own possession. So that you hear this for yourself. So that you 
may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You may proclaim the excellencies of him. Lord, I just pray right now and I just thank you for your glory that you're releasing in this place. Thank you, Father, for teaching us how to overcome the common, overcome the the common things of the world, the common problems, the common cold, common sicknesses, common poverty. You're teaching us how to move into the holiness of your kingdom, the holiness of your royalty, the holiness of of your might, of your power. Thank you, Father. Lord, we want to be your holy people, a people called into those places. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just received life change, thinking change. Right now, we receive that in our lives. We receive those things. Lord, our life is changing. Our thoughts are changing. Our mind is changing. Our, Lord, right now, the path that we've been on, it's changing right now. Things are going different. Things are going better. Glory to God. Glory.